the optimal life. So I've never had somebody that specializes in what you specialize in on this podcast. So this is a first over 200 episodes and I'm excited because there's quite a few episodes that may overlap and people give their insight and education into similar topics or, or the same topics. And this one is going to be unique. So we're going to have fun with this one. You are a, uh, a matchmaker bringing two people together. You started this firm back in 2010. How in the world do you start a matchmaking firm? You know, I've always been a matchmaker in some respect, not only romantically for people that I knew, but also for you know business relationships or friendships. When I would meet somebody, I would say, oh, you should meet so-and-so. And I would make an introduction because, you know, an introduction, the way, if you think about it, some of the most important people in your life were probably introduced to you by someone else. And that was, they made a profound impact on your life. So it's just really important and really a great way for helping people. And so I realized that this was a market and an opportunity, you know, as a matchmaker, I started digging into it and I saw the different, um, you know, services and options out there for singles to meet and just thought, you know what, I can do better than that. <laughs> My background's in um, process improvement. And so I just applied that background to the dating industry and out came Luma. Wow. It just but like, how do you, you, you know, you're looking at it and you see that, okay, I have this idea. I think things can be better. I believe that in this business model, you were able to see it all, but then how do you start like when you reach out to somebody for the first time and say, I'm a matchmaker and I'm going to, how do you start building, building that Rolodex so that you have some kind of credibility behind you? Right. Yeah. Well, the first year, that's all I did. I would just meet with people. I would go to a coffee shop and I would have back-to-back meetings with like five or six people a night. And I didn't take any clients on that first year. I was just truly just building up my network and um and kind of like creating a process and stuff and and that's really how i got the start was going to networking events and just meeting with the people that would come to me or refer to me and just hitting it hard basically networking hard so it was all relationship building for a a full year before you really even started introducing people Right before it, wow. before I took any paid clients on, I would, I was creating my process and you know um, setting up dates for people, but not charging anyone. It was just mm. more so creating the processes and systems. And you take on people from all backgrounds, all sexual preferences, all gender identities. Yes, everyone's welcome. Right, we work with LGBT, but it's it is on a case by case basis because we only want to work with people that we know we can do a good job for. So we meet with people to understand you know who they are and who they're looking for in a match, and determine if we can help them. Have you ever? Uh, sorry if this is getting too personal. Have you ever had a client that's transgender? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that process work? Because I assume, I mean, I assume the process is the same. But how do you vet interested parties for somebody like that? You know, it's, again, it's a case by case basis. So for example, we had um, a man that had changed into a woman and we, she was open to dating either gender. And so we would find people that could be a good fit for her um and personality wise and values and stuff 
And then we would tell them and see if they were open to meeting her. And so it was very much a personalized type of search or we're vetting people and making sure that it's a good fit. And then um, of course, explain, making sure they understand her gender and background and everything to make sure that they're okay with it. Hmm. So. That wasn't Caitlyn Jenner, was it? No. Okay. <laughs> no, you would never, I mean, you would never know. It was, it's just, some some people are yeah everyone like everyone's different so it's it's sure. interesting well and that's the thing and there's so many different types and styles and preferences and mm-hmm. nowadays so that's there's this added layer of complex you know it's complex and it's got to make your guys job that much more challenging at times right right well in that case that was definitely a more challenging type of client <laughs> so yeah, again yeah. we only work with people that we think that we can help and we thought we had opportunities for her based on her preferences and you know geographic limitations she was very open so we had that's good a lot more options that's great so you've went from your first year of just trying to develop all these different relationships to now 11 12 years later you've got like what twenty five thousand people using your service we have, yeah, we have over 25,000 people in our, our system, so we can consider them as matches or um, we ha- we only work with a few clients at a time. So our matchmakers are able to give them really one-on-one attention and can, we again, we meet with everyone. We see what they're really like. And it's so then it's, it's not like an app where there's, you know, thousands of people vying for each other's attention. You know, mm. we are more of a concierge boutique type of service. So we represent our clients and we go and we find that person. So we can look into our database of over 25,000 people uh, to determine who could be a, a potential match. So take us through the process, if you would. Not every single detail necessarily, but this is fascinating stuff. People don't know really what to expect. Most people are now dating online. They're going on their apps. They're swiping. They're not putting any real emotional investment or value to this thing. Everything's fast. It's quick. It's very shallow. You know, it's all mm-hmm. surface. Right. Your process is a lot different. You end up signing somebody who's a, uh, uh, let's say an entrepreneur, uh, mm-hmm. entrepreneur man who has his own business and he's busy and he's living this lifestyle and he, he needs somebody to do this matchmaking for him. Like you see in the movies, take us through your process. What, what What's step one and, and kind of show us how you guys start from, gathering data to ultimately finding him a partner yeah so we will meet with him and ultimately we're, we're interviewing him we're asking him a ton of questions about who he is what he likes to do you know his past relationships what's worked what hasn't and then we from there go into also we'll, we have our clients do a personality assessment so it's more so it's not about you know saying okay this personality will be a good match for this personality it's more for them to be able to have a good understanding of who they are and then how also how they show up in a relationship and then uh, from there it, like for example real quick yeah uh april so when you're doing that personality assessment mm-hmm. And let's say that you're putting me through this assessment. What are some of the questions or, or things that, that you guys are looking for to understand, oh, this makes him happy and, oh, something like this might make him shy away or, or you know, kind of fold? 
Yeah, somebody is, say, a peacemaker personality type. They may not want to rock the boat and don't like confrontation or, you know, having to address issues. They would just rather keep the peace so they're conflict avoidant. And so that might be also showing up in some of their past relationships where they felt like they were getting taken advantage of or taken for granted. And so it's kind of bringing those things together to see, okay, well, now moving forward, we want to make sure that that isn't affecting your next relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're matching you with somebody that could be a good fit for for that. For example, if you realize that I don't like somebody that has a ton of sarcasm and client XYZ, you know, is a sarcastic person, you're probably not going to make the match. Yeah, that's something that we can look for Mm -hmm. and we can interview for, for sure. So what else? So so you're doing the personality assessment, then what happens? Then next we will go and whatever the client may need, we make an assessment. So if they need new photos, we hook them up with a photographer and get a photo session booked. And, or if they need new, a wardrobe update, we might help them with that, or just maybe it's coaching. So whatever it is that we've determined that could help them to be more successful, we will, we'll set them up with that. Because a lot of times these entrepreneurs, let's say, let's again, stick to this example, these high net worth people, while they may be successful in business, they really seem to struggle in their interpersonal relationships. Is that correct? And not that, not necessarily. It's just a lot of times it's having, it's, you know, it's proximity. They don't have the, they don't have the time or they're not able to have the network to be able to find that kind of person that they're looking for. So a lot of times you know, they're really picky individuals mm-hmm. that know what they want, but, you know, they have a secretary to deal with their emails. They have, they outsource all these other things in their life. And they don't have time to sit on an app and message people and go on a bunch of dates only to find out that this person uses filters on their profile. They don't look anything like their picture and personality is completely different than what they had portrayed online. So it's just another form of being able to outsource something. And yeah, but but there's got to be a common theme amongst the, some of these high performers that right. where they seem to struggle with with the dating or their romantic relationships. What do you think? Um, generally speaking, obviously, this is where you guys come in and do some of the coaching. What are the things that you guys are coaching them on specific? Well, I think a lot of times they just have really high standards for themselves. And then that, of course, carries over to the person that they're going to be with. So they're very particular about who that person is. And again, of course, when I'm just talking about maybe a certain type of, you said high performer, you know, and there's, we have all kinds of different people. We have both, it's all across the board with age and gender. So you know, different people have different needs, really. Some people are new to the area, they just moved and they wanna meet someone. And so, but they, again, they don't wanna put their profile online. They don't want people to see, you know, maybe they don't want their employees to see their, their profile. It's not necessarily that they're struggling struggling with um, you know personal communication or skills or anything like that. They might be fine. You know, I think sure everybody has something and probably everybody could use some coaching or talking to a counselor or a therapist, but for the most part, it's just it has to do more so with 
proximity and being able to find what it is that they're looking for exactly. Is social media having a negative impact on the sustainability of relationships, do you believe? Social media and the apps, for sure, because it creates this, you think that, oh, I can find somebody like that. They look great and blah, blah, blah. And really, that that person in the photo doesn't look like that <laughs> or, you know, their right. personality isn't how they're portrayed. They're, and then you're sitting there with your wife at home or your girlfriend, you're going, and then people are scrolling or this lady that you're dating, let's say, and you're scrolling, oh, she, my my, my uh, new date doesn't look like that. So I want to move on to the next. Yeah, I could find somebody better. It's, right. it's yeah, it's the whole we're never fulfilled, never happy kind of mm, mentality. Such a, such a dangerous trap. And you're living it with the, in your profession because you're dealing with that all day, every single day. Well, and uh, the other thing is they think that if I don't have exactly what I want, then I'll just, you know, I'll throw this fish back and I'll try to catch a different one because there's so many out there. Especially so, when it's a catfish. <laughs> well, there's that <laughs> for sure. But they just think it's kind of like, how do you choose when you have too many options, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. So, so okay, so you're doing that. You're putting them through their assessments. You're, you're coaching them. What, what, what happens from there? Then the matchmaker will go to work and do a search within our proprietary database and define people that appear to be a potential match and then select them, interview them. If they are a good fit, then she will set them up on a date. Now, she- does, does your client, when mm-hmm. she's doing that, and let's say she comes across five potential matches, mm-hmm. will she then send, will you guys send those profiles or pictures or any information to your client prior to the meeting face-to-face? Yeah, what she will send one, the one that she thinks is the best match. She'll send that to the client and get their availability and plan the date and everything. So we present a profile or we talk to the client, tell them all about the person and why we think that they're a good match for each other and so on and so forth. A lot of people probably are embarrassed at the beginning to use a service like yours, I would imagine, especially the ones that are coming out of long-term relationships. They, oh, this is silly. I don't want to do this. Kind of like I saw in the clip from uh, Real Housewives yeah. where you came up to this lady and she was very much out of a long-term relationship and she was you know, older in life and she just didn't want the hassle of the matchmaking. How do you handle somebody like that? I think, I think just like with when the apps and like match.com first came out, there was kind of a taboo around it. Like, oh, these people are desperate. And, you know, that's why they need to do online. Whereas, you know, now everybody does it. And so I think some people might think, well, if they're hiring somebody to find somebody for them, then, then there must be something wrong with them. And mm. the reality, it couldn't be further from the truth. And that the people that are using our services are just... I think they're smart because <laughs> they outsource what maybe they're not the best at or they don't have the best and the most time for. And that's just the, that search process because it is so time consuming. Yeah. And, you know, to be going through profiles, to messaging back and forth, to finally meet this person because you, that's what ultimately needs to happen is you need to have a meeting. But there's just this back and forth that takes forever and you're, you're messaging with multiple people and it's a second job. And if you are a busy professional <laughs> that can barely keep up with the, your own email at work, you know, how, how do you have time for that? And then there's also, there's just so many different layers. You don't know 
what people's intentions are with online. So some people are just there to get attention. You know, they just want to feel popular. You know, and there's some people that just want to hook up. And then there's people that actually do want a relationship. And that's who ultimately they come and they work with us. So online dating really doesn't lead to as many relationships as people think. The number one way to meet somebody is still through someone else. You know, and Absolutely. Yeah, so that's it. And you guys have matchmakers nationwide. Correct. And you're located currently in, in Minneapolis. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So uh, the th- interesting thing about you, April, is that you got you you're, you and your family must be like the relationship guru experts when it comes to all things relationships. Because correct me if I'm wrong, your husband's a divorce attorney. Right, and that was part of the inspiration behind me starting this business as well, because we would always be talking about relationships and what works and you know what doesn't, and then we would discuss you know why people end up breaking up and you would be amazed by how many times i've heard of people getting divorced because of religion or one wants kids and one doesn't like these are really important things that they thought oh well we'll just work through it we can you know ignore it and because they had chemistry and they you know felt like they were in love with this person they moved those big issues to the side and thought, oh, we can, we'll get through it. And no, that you you cannot get through something that is such a strong core value. And so that's why it's important to make sure that you know us as matchmakers, we want to make sure that we're aligning those sorts of things up front, because ultimately that could lead to the demise of your relationship if you don't address it up front and you don't make sure that you're a good match. So we don't right. even want those people to meet. In, and potentially get chemistry and have a connection if the, that sort of thing is going to be an issue down the road, which it will, especially <laughs> if you have, you want to have kids or something. Yeah, if you have a deal breaker issue, that needs to be ironed out at the beginning. Yeah. You but can't a lot be of waiting times, after you say, I do. Yeah, a lot of times people just ignore it and they think, oh, well, it's fine. I'll, we'll get through it. Right. No, it's not that easy. <laughs> love, love will lead us on our path, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and eventually sometimes love's not enough. No, it's not. It it can't be because you can again, you have everybody has, you know, their needs and their goals and stuff and if they're not being met, then it will they'll start looking for something else eventually. So I one of the things that people tend to do on in dating is they sit down with each other at a restaurant. This is probably the most common date. You sit down with somebody across the table and you stare at each other for the first time and have nervous chatter and conversation. And then you hope that you have a second date. Mm -hmm. I think that you advocate against that traditional, just sitting and staring at each other kind of date. What what are your thoughts on that? We like to create activity-based dates instead of just, you know, the interview style (laughs) date. Because we think that, you know, if people are able to do something when they're next to each other and having an experience together, they'll be more likely to create a connection versus just going back and forth, kind of drilling each other and asking each other questions. So we're trying to create that chemistry and have an experience for people. And so a lot of times, I mean, it could be just something simple like going for a walk, you know, or grabbing a coffee and going for a walk or just we'll find different activities that are happening. It's been challenging during COVID, of course, but um, now there's more and more things happening and opening up so we can plan 
dates for people that are more fun and interesting. So there you go, folks. If you're going out on a date with somebody, guys, especially if you're taking a girl out on a date, listen to what April's saying. Don't take her out to the restaurant and stare at her. Go do something fun. Go to the bowling. Go ice skating. Go roller, right? Something, some form of activity. Great. That's going to be a lot more memorable than just a a dinner date. What are some other tips, April, for for the guys and and girls? What are some other just low-hanging fruit tips? Do an activity-based date, generally speaking, that, that will give them a higher chance of success. You know, another thing that I see people not doing um often or they get they get kind of stuck talking about their past dating experiences or their ex and because they know okay this person that i'm with they're online they're meeting people and they're going on dates so we we know we have that in common so they end up talking about that and it's really it's usually a negative conversation and it's a turnoff for people they're sitting there talking about their past relationship the whole time yeah or they're dating experiences on match.com or something and nobody wants to be like oh i'm your third date this week great <laughs> that's <No>. awesome <laughs> and they want right. to feel special right so stay i would just highly recommend staying away from that you know this is a new person there's a million other topics that you can explore <laughs> versus just talking about your dating history and get them to open up you know people are most interested in themselves so ask them questions and then make empathetic statements that show that you're listening and you're kind of drawing out um, observations of what they're saying. So if they say, oh, they were a swimmer for 10 years or something, well, you could probably conclude that they're athletic and um, very dedicated type of person. And you could say something about that, you know, and making an observation. And it makes them feel good. Like, yeah, you're into it. You're listening to them and you get them. You know, that's how you build connections. That's how you build chemistry ultimately. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Take what the people are saying and somehow analyze it and connect it to something else, connect it to their character, connect it to their background, their lifestyle. Exactly. And show them that you're actively listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys must have the most entertaining chats behind closed doors at times. Yes. I would love to be a fly on the wall in those offices at times because you, you, you have to have some absolute horror stories that you've seen over the years. Horror stories and just, you kind of, you do see at times not the best side of people because you know you're dealing with egos and rejection and a lot of times people they they confuse the fact that we're a service versus a product and you know we're a service meaning that we can introduce people to each other but we're not manufacturing anyone and so we can't make anyone you know fall in love with anybody else. Obviously. So sometimes they come to you April and say I got on a date but she she fell through fizzled out it's your fault. Yeah, where they will f- really focus on the negatives and like, pin, you know, pick people apart and say, oh, this is wrong with them and da, da, da. You know, and take something that could totally be, you know, you, you just would never think of it as being a negative and twist, turning it around like it is. And, you know, that- Give us, give us a, peel back the layer a little bit. Give us some uh, an example or two. What's, what's something um, that somebody said to you about one of the 
the matches that went went awry. You know, like somebody could say, like, oh, she had long hair. Okay, well, so <laughs> I mean, like they, they're implying they're implying that they'd rather her have a buzz cut. I, I guess I don't know. It's just it's sometimes it's, it can be really ridiculous about the feedback that people get ha- will give, and I think they get fixated on something or someone that they want to be with, and then when that person isn't exactly like that, <laughs> then they'll find something they'll you know they'll pick them apart and it's not exactly whereas i always encourage people to be open-minded as to what kind of package the person could come in and really focus on the values because that's ultimately what will keep a relationship long term and then you it will allow you to create that connection and that chemistry but if you're so fixated on oh they have to look like this they have to be in this kind of career blah 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 and then you will You'll, you will limit yourself as to who you can ultimately find that connection with. And maybe maybe they do have, they're a great person and they have all the, the same values as you, but you're so fixated on the cover of the book <laughs> that you can't get past it to read the whole sure. Have you had to uh, fire a client at, at times for oh, like, yeah. just being ridiculous? Yeah, oh yeah, we've had to um, give tell people that, you know, it's just not a fit. I don't think we can find what you're looking for and when these people are with you for months and months and months i take it how does the uh financials how does that work i don't know if you want to get into details how much it costs but how does it work in terms of is it a monthly retainer etc it's of it's a fee it's a retainer up front and it's usually we our programs can range in duration depending on what program they sign up so um it could be from six months to a year just depending on how long um, they need a lot, a lot of times we we really focus on getting results quickly so we try to get it done with it as soon as possible within the you guys get some form of like connection but if they find that match do you get like some form of bonus as well internally on my team they do but we don't um our our clients don't compensate us for that oh i see i see the company though luma uh the company is Luma Luxury Matchmaking, L-U-M-A. What, what does the name stand for? Luma is Luxury Matchmaking, L-U-M-A. So. Luxury Match. Oh, L-U and M-A, the first two letters of each word. Very, very yeah. nice. And you guys are boasting a 80-plus percent success rate. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's over 80% of our clients end up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten invited to any weddings because of oh, your yeah. matches? Yeah. You have. Yeah. In fact, one of the last weddings I went to, you know how I'd said we will send a profile over to the other person and explaining who they are? Well, the maid of honor actually read the profile (laughs) at the wedding. Oh, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) That had to be quite a moment. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was was a little bit worried about where it was going to (laughs) go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there's no fetish comments in here or anything right no it was all, it was all good but i i mean it's, i i think i remember telling her when I, I had talked to her the lady on the phone and i told her i'm like oh no you guys are getting married like this is the one for sure like i, I just knew like they were perfect for each other and so i was just i wasn't sure how much they were going to share because it's just you know sometimes you have these conversations with people and you're really that you're really close to and 
you don't necessarily want everybody in the room to <laughs> hear what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, back to the uh, Real Housewives of Orange County, the Bravo hit show that you were on. You made an appearance. I don't know if you were on there once or twice, several times, but I had recently uh, Mary Fitzgerald on the podcast. She's uh, selling Sunset on Netflix, one of the agents from that uh, reality show. And I asked her what it's like behind the scenes where they're setting up and the setting up the scene. How does that all work? I want to ask you kind of the same thing. What was your experience like with Bravo when you had to go there and meet those ladies at the restaurant? Um, how does that all work? And do they set you up in advance? Kind of let us know what, what happens. It's really not for us anyway, in my experience, it was not scripted at all. <laughs> like, I know some shows I've heard they are, but it was actually, if anything, we had to tell at one point, I think the producer came in and was like, okay, you all need to quit talking at the same time. <laughs> Because, you know, as you can imagine, when there's a table full of women, they're all like going on and on at the same time. And so we really didn't, it was just, we were winging it, you know, and we're just being organic. And they said, okay, they're up there having their dinner, happy hour. And we walked up, introduced ourselves and started talking and they just filmed it all. So we did what we normally do. So completely unscripted, like our conversation today, literally unscripted. Completely. <laughs> yeah, that's great. When we had an idea, we were going to go up to the table and then we were going to take her to like somewhere else to talk. But that was it. <laughs> There's no script. There was just, okay, this is what you do. Did you see a boost in traffic to your company once that episode aired? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's amazing how people see somebody on TV, all of a sudden they want to they work with them. What, what, what is that? What is the psyche behind that? Well, I think some of it is just awareness that we exist and we can do this. And so you're like, oh, that's cool. I want to try it. So if you think about yeah. that, the millionaire matchmaker, I mean, she and her show really helped this industry because people, a lot of people don't even know that we exist. Oh, and she's a nobody compared to you. Who are you talking about? Come well, on. the show really highlighted the industry a lot of people didn't know that we even exist there or that there is such a thing prior yes. to that yes. so. i'm just joking <laughs> that, that show that show did bring a lot of awareness to this whole thing right it was a great show very entertaining yeah so i mean in that regard it was great it was great marketing for everybody in the industry so. yeah and i feel like somebody like you especially now that you've grown this thing and you have this rolodex and you have all these people throughout the country scattered doing it it's one of those businesses that probably it's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like the funeral business where you truly never go out of business, but <laughs> it's like, it's a business that has a lot of sustainability, the model, once you've kind of created it, because especially now with these young people and the next generation of, of your clients that are coming up they're they are living all digitally, they're living online and it's really impacting their interpersonal skills and relationships as they go into their adult lives. Right, I and then see. There they are. They have no idea what to do in person on a date. Yeah, I see. The coaching piece of it is going to be huge in the years to come. It's going to be everything, absolutely mm -hmm. everything. That's going to be more important than the fact that you know somebody that's interested and you got a, a oh, deep yeah. bench of people. I totally agree with you for sure. Because yeah. I mean, they might be fine with being able to find people, and but they just don't know what to do 
when they actually have to get in front of them and yeah, have a exactly. conversation. Exactly. That's 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 the biggest mm-hmm. concern. I mean, hey, I uh, think- Luma Luxury Matchmaking. Uh, where can people find you online? Just go to lumasearch.com, L-U-M-A search.com, and they can elect to join, fill out the profile form, schedule a time to talk with one of the matchmakers, and then she can tell them all about the service and learn more about them to determine if we can take them on as a client even, and then we go from there. That's awesome. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate uh, the insight today. This is really neat stuff. And uh, wishing you continued success in, in 2022. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Optimal Life Podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And you could also leave a review. Apple Podcasts, of course. You could leave reviews and ratings. Spotify, you could leave reviews and ratings. And several and many other podcast apps, wherever you may be listening, Please tell a friend, tell a family member, let them know about the podcast, and we will see you next time.